Greetings and good tidings, dear viewers. I'm Brady Caleb Wilkinson. I'm Shelby Howard. And I'm Colin Anderson. And if you hadn't noticed, uh, we got a little bit of a different setup going on here. I finally figured out how the hell to get our lovely mugs on video for this. Uh, now, I imagine everyone listening to this on the podcast is like, what the hell are you idiots talking about? Don't worry about it. This doesn't apply to you. We are just trying to branch out to more and more platforms mm -hmm. in hopes of broadening our reach. But that's not what we're really here to talk about today, is it, gentlemen? We are here to talk about the movie we watched this week. And since it was my choice in films again, you want to take a guess what I picked again? Uh, something with a giant atomic lizard that goes... Okay, that sounded more like yeah. a dying chicken. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it... Jet Jaguar? <laughs> If you keep letting me pick movies, we will eventually get to Godzilla vs. Megalon, but I, I'll exhaust us through what I perceive to be the good ones. Aside from the first one. Okay, look, I made the horrible mistake of picking one I actually hadn't seen. I've explained this mm -hmm. before, and I will not make that mistake again. If I pick one, I will have watched it before. Mm -hmm. And I have seen this one before, Godzilla vs. Destroyer. And yes, you do have to say it like that, because it is spelt like that, and it is just way too much damn fun to say, DESTROYA! Mm -hmm. So as, okay, I am the Godzilla file, and you are the Godzilla neophytes here, um, how did you guys feel about this little venture? It was a lot better than the last one we watched, I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I bar there, huh? I mean, I did miss the, uh... Singing fairies, but uh, it still held its own without him. Um, and you know, Godzilla and his mini me versus demonic horseshoe crabs from the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is the final entry in the Heisei Godzilla series, the series that ran from like eighty four to ninety five, and this is where. Okay, it, everyone is still in rubber monster co costumes, but they really stepped up their game. Mm -hmm. You know, they spent a they spent a lot of time doing the best they could to make these costumes look as good as they was humanly possible for them at the time. Mm -hmm. Although I will say, look, it's some great model work. It really is, but you can tell a bunch of the military crafts are models, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they just, they've got a plastic sheen to them that they really needed a metallic paint over them. That's all I'm going to say. Like, mm -hmm. it, you can tell they're plastic, and it's meh. But, yeah. But, anyways, though, the movie. Where does the movie start off? I know we just watched it yesterday, but it's, uh, I mean, it starts off fast. It starts off with Monster Island having been exploded and Godzilla attacking the city, right? I thought yeah. it should... Yeah, wasn't it Godzilla's... The, like, I remember... The, one of the earliest things I remember is the helicopter over the water. One of the uh, psychic chicks looking over the water because she sees something from the helicopter. Yes, Miki. Which, okay. In this Godzilla series, where in the first Godzilla, there was the Showa. Mm -hmm. Basically, even though they reused actors all the time, they... 
didn't have them play the same parts, you know. The guy who played Dr. Serizawa in the original Godzilla would wind up playing, like, the terrorist leader in Godzilla vs. Evera. So you'd see the same faces, but they're not playing the same people in that series. Mm -hmm. Heisei, one of the big departures was, no, it had a continuity of the actors and the role they played. So that means you had reoccurring characters. And that shows up in, like... G-Force, the government force designed for handling Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And that particularly manifests in the forms of one of my favorite characters, uh, Miki. Which, I love Miki because of just how goddamn ridiculous the idea of her character is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you've only seen one movie of her, but imagine her throughout a series of these films. Um... She's basically a psychic w- woman who works for the Japanese government. She works with the government organization charged with destroying Godzilla. And she is basically in love with Godzilla. She wants to have little Godzillas. <laughs> little tiny Godzillas running around her house, which wouldn't fit because they can't get that tiny but she's not thinking that far ahead it's oh that's not the only thing that wouldn't fit Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like okay like this scene it didn't happen in this movie but i think it was in the previous one where literally they're on like monster island before it blew up or i think it's called uh rebirth island or whatever it is in this series but it's monster island from showa same place um You know, like, they get stranded on that island for a while, and, like, someone else is kind of interrogating her, like, man, you talk about Godzilla, like, a lot in, like, glowing terms. What are you, in love with him? And then she dramatically turns, and she's like, you know? (laughs) It's like, no, it's like this, it's pretty blatant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, um, that's enough about the Godzilla stalker who happens to be a psychic woman. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Heisei takes it mo- itself more seriously than Showa, but no, it's still having a lot of fun with itself. And at it... least there's that other psychic <laughs> chick that keeps her on a leash, like, no, 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 stay focused, let's go, let's keep going. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but Monster Island exploded, God- and Godzilla absorbed, like, all the radiation from that explosion, and so he's got... Really what that means is his suit has a new design. It's, you know, got all, like, orange, and he's constantly on fire. The ocean's boiling around him. Godzilla's melting down. Mm-hmm. His, his internal temperature is rising constantly. About, uh, by about 114 degrees Fahrenheit a day. And it's going to top out at, like, 1,200 degrees Celsius. Which was about, what was that, like like close to like 20,000 degrees? I, I don't know if it's that high, but it's it's a lot. Yeah. We're dumb Americans. We don't know Celsius to Fahrenheit. We, I apologize. We, sti- we cling to our archaic ways. <laughs> but basically the problem is when Godzilla explodes, he's going to like create a hole in the earth and like and the light the atmosphere on fire. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem and people are not happy about this. And this happens to run parallel to a guy making this incredible discovery about micro oxygen. And it turns out that back in one of the original Godzilla Actually the original 1954. Some uh, scientists then 
had created a thing that could destroy... Dr. Sarazawa. Yeah. Had could create a machine that could destroy the oxygen per, uh, particles and decided, oh, I was so busy wondering if I could do this. I didn't stop to think whether I should. I'm going to let this thing die with me in this explosion. Well, that's where I got to counteract it a little. Like, no, Sarazawa always had that thought in his head constantly. Should I be making this? Like, that's the whole reason why he came to his conclusion to kill himself with his device and the original Godzilla. It was because he's like, Godzilla is such a threat. We've reached a point where I feel like I have to do this. But since atomic bombs created Godzilla, and that was the last super weapon... I feel like this super weapon will just create a new monster, which is the whole metaphor of the original Godzilla. And it's just so happened the whole Heisei series is in continuity with that original Godzilla. So in the continuity of these films, Sarazawa did that. He, you know, he sacrificed himself. He was... No, like, uh, he he was very attuned to Jeff Goldblum's critique of mad scientists, um... 40 years before Goldblum made it, you know. Yeah. And then it's looking like somebody might have recreated it. Yep. And you t- want to take uh, one guess what go- what happens as a result. It awakens a monster from deep in the abyss. The demonic horseshoe crabs from hell. Yeah, basically like how Godzilla was a primordial creature sleeping and then the bombs awoke it. Yeah, basically the new oxygen destroyer. I mean, they call it micro-oxygen or whatever, but it's the oxygen destroyer. You know, when they made it, when they've remade it, yeah, they accidentally mutated another ancient life form that dwelled Mm -hmm. undisturbed. And then it begins to rapidly mutate, and for a while there, this Godzilla film turns into an Aliens knockoff. Yeah, I love like how all these undisturbed monsters are all asleep really close to Japan. Like nowhere else really on the planet. Well, I think it's well, it's well, I think it's more what happened was, you know, they had the the original thing was this microscopic little deal. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was more a case of, you know, when they were gathering what they needed in order to make the oxygen destroyer, they accidentally scooped it up. It's not like all the larger versions of it, you know, not the big, huge final Mm -hmm. form, but all the xenomorph forms. Mm -hmm. I think those were all just mutations from, like, that original sampling they corrected. It's not like there was, like, a hive of them underneath Japan. Mm -hmm. It's that the original little tiny thing, you know, reacted and mutated out of it, and those were, like, what split off from it. Oh, okay. But yeah, it splits off and it begins to mutate and it becomes a, yeah, just it becomes like a, a maroonish red xenomorph creature with like bat wings for ears and like a mouth within a mouth and like glowing yellow eyes. Almost like a gold, gold eyes, yeah. Yeah, and deep demonic red and it can fly it can crawl like a spider and it can split off into like dozens of itself mm-hmm. and then and then human stuff happens i mean i guess i guess in order to fill out the runtime of any godzilla movie human stuff has to occur and i will give it this human stuff was a hell of a lot more tolerable than the last human stuff we yeah. saw 
I don't know. I mean, Japanese James Bond was kind of interesting. Okay, but Japanese James Bond trying to save the princess. You might like the idea of Japanese James Bond. Did you like the idea of the plot that Japanese James Bond was stuck in? No, they kind of crowbarred him in there. <laughs> like, my, princess, mind controlled by alien ghosts, trying to save the world from an interdimensional space vampire dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. That sounds perfectly at home in a Godzilla movie. And I love that kind of ridiculousness in my Godzilla movies. But the problem is that human plot of Japanese James Bond, yeah, that does not go with what that string of words I just said. Yeah. But what... Okay, what... All right, so the human plot is Miki and the other psycho. What was her name? Why can't I remember her name? Oh, no. She's not... Well, because she didn't do anything that significant, and she's not a, as memorable a weirdo as Miki is, I guess. It's because she just stuck to her job and didn't get distracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you have the one college kid who's like, yeah, let's make that oxygen destroyer. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And then the other scientist was, because it was him that was related to the scientist from the original, right? Sarazawa. Yeah. It's like his grandson or... Mm-hmm. His, yeah. And he's the one going, no, trust me, there's a reason why he didn't, he de- destroyed it along with himself. He didn't want it brought back. But think of all the potential. You're young and way too naive. No. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but I guess that really does wrap up the human plot. I mean, there's just not that much to it, which is kind of the polar opposite of Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, where it was just non-stop new bullshit constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and them dealing with their drama of, do we do it? Do we not do it? What's going to save us in the long run? Right. Do we use the oxygen destroyer to destroy Godzilla, who's probably going to wipe out half of Earth, like, you know, a Mount Yellowstone-style eruption? Uh, St. Helens? Oh, no, no, Yellowstone. Like, uh. Yellowstone is a giant volcano. Oh. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. Can you like, say 2012? No. You're better off not. You're, you would have been dumber for it if you watched 2012. But, yeah, Yellowstone is a gigantic volcano. And when it erupts, like, it'll instantly incinerate, like, two-thirds of the United States. And, like, and potentially plunge, like, the world into, like, a, you know. Another ice age? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, call it, they called it the China Syndrome in the movie. China Syndrome is a hypothetical nuclear reactor operations accident characterized by the severe meltdown of the core components of the reactor, which then burned through the containment vessel and the housing building, then figuratively through the crust and body of the earth until reaching the opposite end, presumed to be in China. Though the antipods of the continental U.S. are in fact located in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. So, are we talking about Godzilla, or are we well, talking about when, 2012? When he was uh, going into meltdown mode... The, the scientists in the movie were referring to Godzilla as China Syndrome. So when he melts down, it's gonna he's going to go right through, through the earth. earth. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, I just got a little confused because, yeah. Why do they call it China Syndrome? I think it might be a slight towards China. Oh, definite. Okay, <laughs> I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah, Japan hates China and the feeling is mutual. Yeah. They are not good neighbors. 
But enough about international politics, because you can get me going on China, and we can be here another three hours if you want. Mm -hmm. Do you want to stay on China? Well, we can focus on them deciding, well, since Godzilla's already here, we might as well try and get him to take down these... uh... Actually, it's the opposite. It's that Godzilla's going to melt down, and we're going to... Let's try and get the monsters to... Kill Godzilla for us. Yeah. And it's uh, the problem that arises there. Well, we're also skipping over the bit. Like, it seriously is an Aliens knockoff for a while. The, the middle chunk of this movie is basically the demon horseshoe crabs mutate into the other previous monsters. Mm-hmm. And they're running around like a shopping mall. And uh, their human characters are trying to, like, survive them. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the military shows up and they re-mutate again. And they, like, merge into bigger versions of them of themselves. Yeah, and these were the military that I said looked like the Spaceball soldiers mixed with Ghostbusters. With, yeah, with, uh, and their heavy artillery looks a lot like my Gundam models. Yeah. Yeah. Really needed some metallic paint on those things. They even destroy the, uh, the creatures with fire, just oh. like in Aliens. Right. With the flamethrower. Oh, and they even have, like, the tracker that the... Yeah. <laughs> so yeah no it really yeah the middle of this movie is just aliens mm. but uh godzilla's melting down and they're not entirely sure if he's gonna make it there or really no 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 they're trying to figure out how to lure godzilla there right yeah and that's when they decide why don't we use baby godzilla to as the bait <laughs> right and basically Nikki and the other psychic woman you know they fly out there and then they mentally Is it mind control suggestion or... I'm just going to call it suggestion. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, they look at him hard and they do like the X-Men acting where, you know, they like Mm -hmm. put their fingers on the side of their head while they glare at him. And then like the guy in the Godzilla suit makes, does a head nod and looks into the opposite direction and starts going. It's like, okay, they have mind controlled Godzilla Jr. Mm -hmm. to go fight what they're now calling Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how Japan mispronounces just mispronounces destroyer, mm-hmm. and I find it incredibly amusing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and their hope and the grand plan is that that will lure Godzilla into fight destroyer, and then they'll kill each other. Mm-hmm. And this is all happening over what was Tokyo, I believe. Even yes, back Tokyo. Tokyo. Yes, they decide to lure them to Tokyo for the battle. Don't worry, folks. Tokyo was abandoned before this happened. Oh, no. If you look at the second unit footage, yeah. Tokyo, is, <laughs> Tokyo is pretty much doing its daily thing. Yeah, like they did not do a good job of compositing some of these images, did they? Because you have Godzilla like destroying the city model in the background and the foreground. It's just people walking on the street, normal day-to-day uh, life. The second unit director man. would just tell the people, hey, could you guys... Uh, just run down the street screaming so we can get a good shot. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was appropriate because they've had to deal with this a lot over the last 40 years at this point. So they're probably just like, oh, great, another Tuesday. <laughs> well, that's how it really comes across. Mm. I mean, you're looking at this like, are they just this used to giant monster attack now? <laughs> hurry, honey, hurry. Stick to the right side of the road. The right I side. Like how, uh... The roof's falling. Doesn't matter. We're still making it to McDonald's. I like how... <laughs> Pacific Rim, how Guillermo del Toro made that world kind of be like used to giant kaijus and. Well, yeah, they kind of have to be. 
Yeah, a- after a certain point, it does just kind of become the normal. Mm. But it is just comical how... And it's all because, yeah, you're right. The second unit director just didn't bother to direct the people to act scared. He's just like, oh, hey, guys, we're setting up the camera on the street. Mm. Eh, good enough. Uh, I just, for some reason, I thought that Tokyo was abandoned because I remember at the end when they were panning over the wreckage. They're like, well, it looks like Tokyo is a ghost town forever now. Well, the thing is, okay, by the dialogue of the movie, Tokyo is abandoned. Yeah. Because, yeah, because they went out. Because they went out and they had the dialogue. The characters explicitly say, we're evacuating Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, this is an instance of where the visuals of the movie do not line up with the dialogue of the movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, they just composited the, the the footage. Stupid. Yeah. Inconsistencies. You gotta love them. Hey, this is better than Showa in terms of filmmaking. I didn't say it was great filmmaking. No. No, you did not. <laughs> But you don't watch, come on, you don't watch a Godzilla movie because you're expecting great cinema. You watch a Godzilla movie because it is weird, excessive, dumb, and violent. Yeah. Were any of those lacking in this film? No, no, they were not. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, so Godzilla Jr., he starts fighting the, you know, second form. You know, this is Troya's very Frieza-like. He keeps yes. shifting forms. That's this is not even my do. final form. But, yeah, he keeps fighting him. And, uh, yeah, this, this is Troya just starts out by nearly ripping his heart out of his chest. Yeah, poor Godzilla Jr. He, he has a gaping hole there for the rest of the fight, which isn't much longer. Like, just because it's a baby monster, that does not mean that they hesitate to fuck it up. Yeah. Can you also tell that this is the final film in the series because of how much damage they were willing to do to the costumes? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, this was the planned finale, possibly at the time, you know, probably last Godzilla film ever. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, okay, we can just destroy everything we have. Yeah. And then at that point, that's when Junior gets up and isn't that where he throws Destroya into the reactor or whatever that yes. causes the explosion? Well, oh, does, no, no, no. No. Blast. no, yeah, he blasts him and that gets Destroya off of him. Then mm-hmm. Destroya changes form again, like picks him up and then drops Junior into like the reactor. Oh, yeah, and then there's an explosion. And then that's when. Daddy G shows up. Stop and yeah. sees the body, and he's like, "No!" And then that's when Destroya morphs into his final form, which is Queen Xenomorph, baby. Queen Xenomorph, Satan Unicorn, horse crap. Like, like imagine if like Tim Curry playing the devil from Legend. Imagine if he took the unicorn horn, like stabbed it into his head, had like Balrog wings, and was also a crab. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In short, just watch Legend with a lot of acid. Anyway, uh, that's where Godzilla's like, that's it. Only I get to beat the crap out of my kid. Now it's your turn. Well, well, then Mickey, you know, Mickey, she was in the helicopter the whole time with the other psychic girl. And they're like, come on, Godzilla Jr., you can make it. It's like, you you bitches, you're the ones who sent him to his death. You knew he couldn't make it. You knew he couldn't do it. He kicked the destroyer in its other form. He's the one who took his fire and started blasting it into that 
building, and then... Oh yeah, and then he's reunited with Godzilla Sr., then Destroyer in his final form comes out, and then he picks up Junior and flies him all the way across the city <laughs> while there's still a plane going on the runway, if you don't... Yes. <laughs> Once again, the second unit director just not giving a damn. And I'm pretty sure it's the same <laughs> shot from that same plane going off the runway earlier to blast Godzilla with ice beams. But it really just creates this really hysterical image of, like, the Japanese are so insistent of being on schedule. I don't care that there are giant monsters attacking the airport. We are not, we are not canceling any flights. I'm just saying, with their love of phrase rays, I can only imagine Doctor or Mr. Phrase saying that and going, fuck Gotham, I'm going to Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, with the artil- artillery guns. Yeah, they... Uh... Yeah, and the cryo beret from the plane. Yeah. <sighs> but, yeah, so the final battle begins. Godzilla, Godzilla Jr. is dead. Godzilla is pissed that his son is dead. And the final... You know, the enemy created from the new super weapon has come to face the mon- the old monster created from the previous super weapon. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, the theme and, like, the metaphor. Like, this is the thing that you keep doing, humanity. Stop doing it. Stop playing God. Because then God will actually show up and maybe the devil, too, and, he will, and they will destroy everything in their battle. Most creatures don't need this many humbling experiences to finally take the hit to be humbled. But yeah, then Godzilla and Destroya fight each other. And like he's using that unicorn arm to just chop Godzilla to pieces. Like and Godzilla's going, you know he you know uh, what's the word? Supernova? Uh, yeah, he, well meltdown. meltdown, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Godzilla's melting down. The fire's going to erupt out of him. His spikes well, on his back it, are starting to melt away. Isn't he starting to shoot like Radioactive like lasers out of his body out at yeah ba- yeah basically yeah basically when Destroyer like cuts him open like the nuclear fire just like erupts out of his wounds mm-hmm. yeah all the while parts of him are melting away <laughs> yes like literally like the spikes are like just collapsing in on themselves and, and they said spontaneous combustion couldn't happen right. <laughs> And then Destroyer is like, you know, he's finally defeated, right? How is he defeated? Um, isn't it when Godzilla explodes, like disintegrates, the explosion gets him, or? That, but Godzilla no, didn't explode. Didn't explode. He melted down, there was that beam, where kind of an exploding beam. Right, but like, but no, I thought Destroyer was dead before that happened. Um... Okay, what? Let's see, realizing the odds are against him, Destroyer tries to retreat, but the JSDF shreds Destroyer's wings after firing on him with a shed of freezer, set of freezer tanks. Destroyer plummets to the superheated ground and is killed instantly, dissipating into a white mist. Oh, so he, he hits the boiling water after they freeze his wings. And then basically, like, explodes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's why I don't remember it, because it's so weird that the... Japanese defense forces got the fi- got the kill shot. Yeah, and then they try to cool. That just doesn't feel more with the freeze ray, like freeze. I'm like, maybe that'll slow nuclear meltdown. No, no. Well, like, I mean, he's dead. He's gone. But the thing is, like, he doesn't like 
light the atmosphere on fire or, like, go through China syndrome. He just stands there as his skin and muscle melt down over the ske- off the skeleton and the skeleton melts and then the next thing you know, as this red beam is shooting off of him into the sky. And then in the dust and the fog and the everything, you see another Godzilla shape rise up and it's Junior, but Junior for the first time makes the proper Godzilla roar, with the implication being he is the Godzilla now. Yep. But that's the end of the series, and for all intents and purposes, at the time, they thought the end of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So there was no sequel, there was never going to be a follow-up to that, but... They left the door open, just in case. Right, and then Godzilla, who has more movies than James Bond at this point. For now, give it time. Dude, they're still making Godzilla movies. Still making James Bond. I know, but... They're not but that it, far like, behind. They're not, they're not that far behind, but... Okay. And they crank up more Bond films slightly more often. <laughs> Uh, well, that all depends on how successful the Godzilla films are. Like, if they're successful, they'll pump them out. But if they, if it, the problem with the Godzilla films is they're really expensive mm-hmm. to make them in like CG. Intended to be the last Godzilla movie until the 50th anniversary of Godzilla in 2004, which allowed TriStar SPE, also the distributor of many of the films in the USA, to make a trilogy of American Godzilla movies starring Matthew Broderick during that time. However, the poor critical response in Bach this revenue of Godzilla in 1998 caused TriStar SBE to abandon plans for a second and third film and Toy Hope to bring back Gorgira Zoom sooner than planned with Godzilla 2000, 1999. Yeah, basically the American Godzilla, you know, you know, it kicked Toho into motion to actually, you know, get their property right. They were just like, oh, God, the Americans fucked us up. Right. Yeah, basically. Shocker. Basically. <laughs> The American versions rarely do as well as their originals. Well, the th- well, actually, uh, yes. Okay, well, like Ghost in the Shell. That's its own can of worms, right there. I mean, <sighs> I think one of the only exceptions is maybe The Office. That's one of the only ones I could think of off the top of my head. The American version did just as well, if not better. Right. But that's Godzilla versus Destroyer, everybody. Yep. Um, final thoughts on this, Chance? Oh, uh, definitely, definitely worth a watch at least once. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and like, like I said, the human story in between subplot was not crowbarred in this time. It, it, it actually fit. Yeah, it, it revolved around what was going on with the monsters more so than before. Uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely not a bad watch. I give this a, a C. I thought this was a lot more entertaining than uh, the last one we watched, and I thought the effects were really well done, and I loved watching the monster battle. I thought the the human side of it was a little confusing at first, but but that quickly goes away once Godzilla comes into the picture. So, you know, as a Godzilla fan, I, this is actually kind of a little bit of a retrospective for me, Mm -hmm. because for the longest time, when I first watched the Godzilla movies, my favorite was hands down the Showa era. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved the goofy insaneness of it all. That's because Godzilla was a hero in that one. Right, and Godzilla was unquestionably like the, was a heroic figure by the end of that series. It's pretty much like Rugrats were Tommy and... 
worships Reptar, not realizing Reptar's the right monster. Mm-hmm. Right. But the Heisei series, like... But now that I'm older and I'm revisiting it, I can appreciate what the Heisei series did. Like, I still am a fan of Godzilla not necessarily being, you know, the hero, like, as in he's there to defend the humans. I like the idea of Godzilla as the high defender of Gaia. Like, Godzilla is there to protect the planet. And that means, at best, he's 50-50 with the humans. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as you're, we're not screwing up too much, he'll leave us alone. Mm-hmm. But that can change real fast. As soon as we start deoxygenating the waters, or taking where we're not supposed to... Yeah. And he's going to wake up and be like, what the hell? Yeah. And this Godzilla I, is more villainous than that, you know. He's much more prone to just go and attack and raid and destroy because I'm the monster and that's what I do. Uh, and I still don't like that element of it. I'm not a, I'm not saying it to be like the goofy Showa, you know, kid-friendly champion. I, I'm not asking for that. But I do like Godzilla to have a little bit more to his motivation other than I am monster rar. But that being said, the human plots are a hell, are a hell, just a hell of a lot better in the Heisei. Like, I, like, I kind of love the insanity, even of the human plots during the Showa era, because it's the Showa era that got us, like, the psychic moth twins, you know. Like, only an era as crazy as Showa would do something like that. But that being said, yeah. This, the human plots, they fit, they work, they make sense. They're actually appropriate. And honestly, the suits are just a hell of a lot better. Yeah, yeah, like with the glowing and stuff to show those details. Yeah, like there's just, there's more of a budget and there's more of an effort in making it more serious. So even though I have, my my nostalgia is for the Showa, I think if I'm looking at it more objectively, I gotta acknowledge Hey Hey Say's doing a lot of stuff right, you know. Mm -hmm. So I I recommend this movie. Um, Do I recommend watching the entire Hey Say series... In, before watching this movie. Um, yes, question mark. Like, I don't think there really is a bad Heisei movie. But you don't really have to watch any of them to know what is going on in any of the others. You could realistically... Yeah, you can watch them in... You don't have to watch them in, partic- in any particular order. Now, you should watch the original Godzilla just because it's genuinely one of the greatest films of all time. So you should just watch it for its own reasons. But yeah, Heisei, yeah, you should check. If this sounds remotely interesting to you at all, go ahead and check it out. But you can check it out in whatever order. It doesn't really matter. I kind of like Godzilla vs. Mothra in that series because it's the only appearance of, like, Batra, who's, like, another monster who I'd love to see appear again. Or, actually, Godzilla vs. Biollante is really interesting. I'd actually, I might give Godzilla vs. Biollante like a C if, if I was doing the rating here. Um, I don't know. I got to think about what I'm going to give this because I need a little bit more time to think. What do you give this, Shelby? I would give it uh, at the risk of sounding kind of like a movie snob here. I'm going to say a C-. minus. It's definitely at least a C, though, like in the C range for sure. Um, but 
I just I think it's because I didn't have the nostalgia of this series as a kid from my childhood. So like, uh, like while I appreciate the film and like the, the all the th- stuff they went through, the fact there's a guy in the rubber suits for the monsters. At the point that this was like a '90s film, and they're still doing the rubber suits like they did in the '50s. It's kind of like uh, a little ho- a little hokier than or cheesier than uh, I normally go for. But I mean, it did still hold its entertaining merits and had a good story with, like I said, the human subplot not crowbarred in, and like yeah, like baby Godzilla was pretty cool too. Probably my favorite character. In this one, so yeah, that's probably why I would have to give it a C minus. Is just the I wasn't expecting them to still be using the rubber suits in the nineties. Uh, you see, I'm. I think I, they still use rubber suits in the Millennium series. Oh, they know? did. Oh, yeah, they they used them right up until like twenty two thousand five or something. Yeah, but because like that's the cinematic tradition. Okay, this might be a bit of a surprise. I'm actually going to agree with your rating, Shelby, of a C minus, but it's. My reasoning's a little different. See, what's interesting is I don't necessarily have the nostalgia for the Heisei series either. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I did watch it, but I didn't grow up with it, you know? Yeah. So I don't quite have that level of fondness that I do for the others. But with that being said, I actually love the rubber suits just because of, one, there's something physically there. Like, yeah, it's a... But, it's usually two guys in a monster in monster suits, rubber monster suits, on a handcrafted set stage. But yeah, there's some there's something about it being physically there. Something they're actually physically destroying. There's something about a real physical entity doing real physical damage that just works. And also yeah, like those guys in those suits, basically what they did was, you know, they they put them in, in rubber suits that weighed hundreds of pounds, stuck them in like, you know, set tanks. Like all that time Godzilla's in the water. That's a dude in that suit walking through a tank of water. Mm. And like all the fire effects and everything in the explosions, that's them basically just standing there getting shot at with explosives and fireworks. And it's like the squibs as like, you know, the trains explode and everything, you know, that's, you know, that's like real fire. That's real spark. That's real electricity. Like when they step and they step on like a train or something, that's them stepping on a physical something. So I no, I, I actually kind of love the suit work. I do agree that with the technological advances where we've got to a point. Yeah, you basically have to use CG now. But I do, I would like to see kind of, you know, at least them, at least them doing this, you know, the 3D capture suit stuff Mm -hmm. on an actual soundstage of an actual set with actual miniatures. Then you can overlay that with like some CG. Yeah. But I like, I genuinely like the actual physicality. Yeah. Like of it being there. But with that being said, the elements of it that weigh it down for me... Well, the human stuff is a lot better because it's a lot better written, a lot better focused, and just it's better across the board. It also comes at the cost at it being a lot less weird. 
you know, like I am go for as much as it pained me to sit through the princess alien trying to save the world from a vampiric interdimensional space dragon. Mm-hmm. I am going to remember that shit till the day I die. Yeah. Like uh, it's I guess that's the problem. I I think that's the only reason why I like Miki as much as I do is cuz she's just so goddamn weird. In comparison to everyone else around her, she's the only thing that's memorable. Like, I am I already don't know any of these other characters' names. And I'm not going to remember the plot The plot of this movie beyond the broadest strokes of it, you know, in 24 hours, you know. I'm going to remember, okay, yeah, this is where they used Godzilla's kid as bait. Where, well, where Godzilla's stalker, psychic girl stalker, used his kid as bait... To have him and another monster kill each other so he didn't blow up the world. Yeah. Like, that's going to be what I remember from this movie. Everything else is just going to be gone. Because it's just, yeah, it's competent, but it's also kind of boring. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I give it a C, a C minus. It's a C because it's undoubtedly a success. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, there is a, I guess the reason why I gave... You know, Ghidorah a D plus kind of mirrors why I give this a C minus is that, yeah, this film accomplished better what it was trying to do better than what that movie did. But at the same token, that movie was and really that series is was just willing to be crazy. It was willing to be weird in a way that Heisei just wasn't. Yeah. And so, yeah, that makes that's why it just won't sit in my brain. For as long. Even if it was technically less painful, I will not remember it. So, mm-hmm. C minus for me. So, C, C minus, C minus. What does that average add to? C minus? Basically. Yeah. I mean, like, basically, we, I mean, for us, you know, C, C is for success. Yeah. Because shut up, don't question it. D is for disaster. And, and F is for failure. Have we given anything an F yet? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think the lowest one was the, the other Godzilla movie that we gave. Uh, uh, it was like D's. Yeah, it was D's. like D minus. I think it averaged that to or a D, D yeah. or D minus. I think it averaged that to a D because I gave it a D plus. You gave it a D minus. I gave it a D plus. D plus. So yeah, just D. you know D. Yeah. Oh, now, but. A David Lynch film. I'm pretty sure that would get an F for you, from you, Shelby. Uh, not the one we watched with Nicholas Cage. That one would probably get like a D, maybe a D plus. I guess it was mildly entertaining. What about Lost Highway? You have not even watched that movie the entire way through. <laughs> I wasn't the only one in that room that could do it. Can't. You'll have to give it at least an incomplete. <laughs> Now, he could give it an F if he wants. You don't have to like his rating, but he can give whatever rating he wants. Yeah, like, Charity <laughs> would agree, too. She couldn't get through it either. And she and I rarely agree on films, but we agreed on that one. 100%. Well, I'll show, at least show you The Elephant Man. I can't... I'm intrigued with that, because that's got some actors I love in it, and it actually has critical acclaim. <laughs> so does Blue Velvet. All I know from Blue Velvet is what Jim Carrey made fun of it in in Living Color. Look, I'm Dennis Hopper, Blue Velvet. Don't look at me. Don't you look at me. (laughs) 
So, actually, uh, we got a few announcements, don't we? We got a Twitter. Yes. Uh, it is C plus cinema at C, spell out plus P-L-U-S cinema on Twitter. Uh, we've already got the last three episodes posted up there. So, if you need links, they're there. So, please feel free to hit us up at that with questions, comments, any of the above. And uh, follow and share and like and do all that good social media stuff because right now I think we have like uh, five people in our audience. And yeah, we'd super appreciate uh, doubling that number. Yes. Yes. Keep it, keep it growing. Let these numbers grow. <laughs> Want to plug your YouTube page? Oh, yeah. Well, what I'll do is uh, my YouTube channel is kind of a hot mess. It's mostly me just trying to figure out what the hell I can do. What I will start plugging from here on out is, hey, uh, this fall, I've got a book coming out, The Dance of Dusk and Dawn, which is the whole reason why I'm doing the YouTube thing, is to build that audience. So, yes, get ready. It's the, the I'll have the pitch good and ready for you next time. But, yes, I got a book. Please buy it. Remember it. Like, November-ish, roughly. I don't have a concrete date for the release yet. But, yeah, I got a book, and I'm hyped for it. And it sounds also like next time we do this, we'll have extra guests on here. Well, actually, that is the thing I do want to bring up. So the next one, we're still wanting to... We've been... You're going to need a bigger room. <laughs> well, it's... I don't even think Thanks, it's the room. I don't even think it's necessarily the room that's the problem. The problem is going to be getting the camera angle because I could realistically move this table down this way. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I can't fish eye like that lens so that it can like warp from to, you know, have its view be like from like like from there to like here to have us wrap around the table, you know? Yeah, you can't like scoot the laptop over so you can push the camera back. Therefore, it's got a wider shot of their own. Right. Well, actually, we'll try it. We'll figure it out. We might have video for next week. We might not. It all depends on if I can make it work. But regardless, we're going to have a few guests uh, on the next one because we're going to actually be doing the film that kind of prompted us to start this to begin with. Yeah. Midsommar. I don't know what to think. I've heard so much mixed reviews. One of the most mixed reviewed things I've ever heard. Well, you've definitely heard terrible reviews from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When I say mixed, it's either, oh my god, just don't watch, or it's worth one watch, but you're going to torture yourself. I haven't heard high praise. Well, the thing is, I've actually seen excruciatingly high praise for it, but it's from, like, professional critics, who I really think are just mesmerized by pleasant cinematography. Yeah, they're too focused on that to notice the story. Yeah, basically. You know, if you shoot your film pretty enough, you can more or less put anything on the screen and they'll just go along with it. Yeah. But, yeah, but that'll be next week and we'll have uh, Chirsty and will Melissa be on for that one as well, Colin? Sure. Yeah, because I'd love to have her. But, yeah, so, but, yeah, next week, maybe we'll have video again if I can get it's situated. If not, then uh, just listen for the audio. Well, actually, two weeks away. But yes, yes, two, two weeks, weeks away. away. So, all right. Uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, I'm Brady Caleb Wilkinson. I'm Shelby Howard. And I'm Colin Anderson. Till next time.